Thank you for downloading the Aging Matters podcast. To find out more about how Transitions Life Care is providing care and comfort for life's changing needs, visit transitionslifecare.org. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. 60 minutes devoted to giving you all the information you need when caring for a loved one with Nicole Cleggett and Jason Kong. Welcome to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett representing Transitions Life Care and Transitions Guiding Lights. Nicole, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I'm happy to be here today. How are you today? I'm wonderful. We've got a, a full slate of guests and I don't want to keep anyone waiting. And we're going to start out talking about the importance of legal documents, in particular advanced directives. And we're also going to get into some uh, discussions on rogue online pharmacies and things we can do to protect ourselves. And uh, there's no better person that I can think of then to welcome back uh, a good friend of the program. That is the Secretary of State, Elaine Marshall. Madam Secretary, thank you so much for joining us today. Well, thank you for having me and thank you more importantly for covering these very important and timely topics. Well, and I want to publicly thank you as well for the gift of the time that you provided in uh, creating a session for the upcoming online virtual caregivers summit. I know that folks uh, that participate are really going to get a lot out of what both you and Ann Elmore had to discuss uh, for for the citizens of North Carolina. So super excited about that as well. Um, so today, I, well, wa- I wanted to hit on a couple of different topics with you, if that's okay. I know there are a couple of things that are that are going on uh, in your offices that are, are of, of utmost importance to the citizens of North Carolina, one being the Advanced Healthcare Directive Registry, and then the other being the great initiative that you have on Verify Before You Buy. Which one do you want to start with today? Well, let's talk about the directives first. Okay. Um, the, um, I, well, let me, let me say one thing. A lot of people don't really know what the Secretary of State's office does, but uh, we have some consumer protection uh, mandates, and we consider uh, education uh, of the general public about these things that we can help them do to protect themselves. We're the place where trademarks are registered for North Carolina, and we have trademark enforcement authority, and we also host the database for the advanced health care directives for the state of North Carolina because we have a 24-7 secure uh, internet uh, database that is very, very valuable. And uh, it allows people to have these directives at a place that their family can find, that the doctors can find with a little bit of information. And if a medical emergency occurs in Raleigh, North Carolina, or if it occurs in Istanbul, Turkey, or somewhere in, in Europe, as long as there's an internet connection, the doctors can find these healthcare directives and you as a patient have a voice when you might not ordinarily be able to express yourself. So we're in these COVID times right now and that brings the need for healthcare directives even more front and center. Uh, pe- people and hospitals and nursing homes have been uh, secluded uh, by necessity for uh, prevention of disease spread and family has not been able to be with them all the time. And if they are unfortunate enough to have to go to the hospital, again, family has not been able to rally around them. So it's even more important than ever that folks have directives 
And we're not talking about just senior citizens. We're talking about anybody. Um, medical emergencies and crisis can happen to anybody, anytime, anywhere. So um, it's wise to help your family by having these documents prepared ahead of time. Definitely very, very true. I've, I've talked to a number of people who, you know, have had some of those, uh, especially in the earlier days of the COVID-19 pandemic times when they were in the hospital alone and not being able to speak for yourself. So definitely having documents, you know, that actually make everyone understand what your wishes are, are incredibly, incredibly important. And I do understand there has been a sort of a temporary change as well to make it a little bit easier for people to actually execute these documents documents right now related to notarization? Yes. Yeah. Let's, let's be a, a little bit more clear. The four types of documents that we have, three of them normally would require a notarization. The advanced uh, health care directives, the donor card, that's the one that does not require a notary, uh, the living will, and the mental health power of attorney. Those three, the uh, health care power of attorney, the general um, mental health power of attorney, and the um, declaration of a natural death, all by statute require uh, a certain form to be filled out by the witness, the notary, and because uh, of notary requiring face-to-face presence, uh, we did a workaround with that with the General Assembly. Uh, there is a new law that went into place. It is effective until March the 1st of 2021, and it is possible that will, it will be extended that allows notaries to use video technology to positively identify the signers so that the people can be socially distanced rather than being face-to-face, uh, handing a driver's license or something like that to somebody and handing it back if they don't already know the people. So we're very appreciative of the leadership of the General Assembly for allowing that to happen. It also applies to things like real estate closings, uh, which are essential for business uh, sectors and so many families, um, that, that we have a more secure way, a safer way of, of doing notarizations. And Madam Secretary, if I may, if you could discuss a little bit about how do people actually get these documents into the registry? Well, um, you go to the website and you look for advanced health care directives. You'll see two hands holding up a heart, and you can click on that. The forms are there. You do not have to go to a law office to get these. These forms were written by the General Assembly, and it, they appear public in, you know, in the statutes and that kind of thing. So it becomes kind of a fill-in-the-blank, and you have certain selections that you may want to make. Uh, the, the questions are things like... Uh, mechanical ventilation, uh, what type of other interventions do you want, dialysis, resuscitation, uh, tube feeding, or just comfort care. I shouldn't say just comfort care, or most importantly, comfort care only. Uh, that allows your voice to, to be there. Um, the, uh, the other good thing about it is when people deposit these, and there's a small fee to deposit them, they get back a card that looks like a credit card. And we give you an ID number and a passcode. Uh, and the, this is the one piece of technology that you want everybody to know where it is. Uh, standard information is keep it secure and don't give anybody your password. But this is one that we tell people to take that little card and put it on your refrigerator. Let your bridge club know. Let your circle know. 
uh, at church. Let the people that you go fishing with know where it is so that if there is a medical emergency, folks can find it very, very, let your hairdresser and barber know <laughs> so that they can find it very easily. Um, because with the, the information on that card, the doctors can pull up uh, your documents. Uh, nobody else is going to be able to look at them without that, and nobody can change them uh, without, you know, um, doing another one that requires a notary, which prevents pro- fraud in that area. It's a very important function of, of notarization. Uh, because a lot of people put this in a safe deposit box. Well, mm-hmm. if you need it on the weekend, how are you going to get there? Yeah, uh, Or leave it at a lawyer. Uh, as a lawyer, I people wanted me to keep things, but that's a terrible choice. Uh, you got to find that lawyer on the weekend or find them at night. Um, some people put them in fireproof boxes hidden in the back of a closet somewhere. When emergency times come, do you know where the key is for that? If you can even find the box, you know, that kind of stuff. Those are all stressful situations for families. And if they know that this uh, document is in the safe, secure server that we have, and they know where the code information is, it's just a stress reliever beyond compare to know how to get those um, so that that person's wishes will be known. So switching gears a bit, um, I I know that there's been another huge problem, and my gosh, especially right now when people are not wanting to leave their homes to even pick up their prescriptions, there are a lot of uh, counterfeit organizations out there that are targeting all of us as consumers. It really doesn't matter your age, any one of us. You're looking for, you know, the best price on your medication. Maybe you've been out of work and you lost your health insurance and things of that nature. And so you're trying to see, is there a way I can get this medicine cheaper so I can maintain my health because I don't have health insurance? anymore. There are a lot of organizations out there and companies that are really providing us with counterfeit pills. And I do believe that you have something that really will help us verify whether or not um, the organization or company we're trying to use is legitimate, correct? You're absolutely right. You've defined the problem very well, Nicole. People don't want to go out and they also uh, are stretching their money because of the circumstances now. Uh, and it's very easy to go to the computers and punch in a drug. And unfortunately, a lot of fake pharmacies are up there. They pretend to be Canadian pharmacies. They have lovely, pretty pictures of wholesome-looking families and, you know, all that very, you know, ordinary stuff that you would expect. So we partnered with a group called the Center for Safe Internet Pharmacies to prevent and create a tool for people to figure out. Now, it's important to know that pharmaceutical companies have absolutely nothing to do with this uh, initiative and this particular foundation. It is supported by folks who make their living out of electronic commerce. It's folks like Google, folks like UPS, uh, FedEx, uh, MasterCard, PayPal, all of those people that depend upon economic commerce to uh, allow you to get what you want. And they don't want to be used for criminal purposes. Uh, We see that there are a high number of rogue pharmacies. And here's what you do. Uh, You go to the website of verifybeforeyoubuy.org. You just put those words, verifybeforeyoubuy, and then put .org behind it. And you go to a website, let's say you're looking for blood pressure. And when you go to the, the thing that says it's a Canadian pharmacy, we want you to paste, to copy, copy that URL. Try to write it down because 
<laughs> a lot of these fake pharmacies will be a slightly different spelling of a legitimate pharmacy. Yeah. So you need to copy it just exactly. Then go to this verifybeforeyoubuy.org and paste in the URL from the one you've been looking at. And in about a 10 seconds, it will tell you whether or not that pharmacy is a real one, whether it's a rogue one, or whether they can't tell. And if they can't tell or it's a rogue one, you certainly don't want to be giving them your credit card information and your name and getting a drug that is not what you think you are asking for. Here's the real problem. We don't know how this fake stuff is made. We don't know how it has been transported and cared for. Uh, and we have clear cases in this country where folks have received medicines that had toxic components to it and some that had no medicine in it at all. The very classic case is an organization known as CanadianDrugs.com. And I do not know why the president or head officer of that did not go to jail. They had to pay a high, high fine because they were shipping into America what people were ordering as Avastin. That is a late stage cancer drug. And it was found to have no active ingredient in it at all. I cannot think of anything lower than somebody trying to find life-saving medicine and getting some product that had nothing in it that was going to help them out. It's as low as it gets. I actually wrote a letter saying that I thought the fine was going to be too small and that they should pursue criminal. It happened in a Western federal court. And unfortunately, those of us that uh, advocated for that with the courts were not successful, but uh, there was a hefty fine that was paid. Uh, they were unapproved. They were mislabeled fake stuff being sold as cancer-treating drugs. Yeah, so. that is shameful. And do yourself a favor. Be sure to go to verifybeforeyoubuy.org. And, and whenever you're purchasing anything online, just make sure that you're doing okay and you're not getting yourself into trouble or stumbling upon uh, a potential fraudulent situation. Verify before you buy. Org. And if you're interested in finding those advanced directive forms and checking out the registry, go to sosnc.gov, sosnc.gov. She is the Secretary of State of the State of North Carolina, Elaine Marshall. Thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Thank you all. Appreciate okay. being here. Anytime. A quick break and back with more. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. News, talk, traffic. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. Joined by Nicole Cleggett from Transitions Guiding Lights. Here's your host, Jason Kong. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. News, talk, traffic. Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett. And Nicole, we're going to dive into the subject of home modifications now, as we always like to talk about aging in place. And 
uh, we're going to start this conversation with, you know, some things we need to look out for that, uh, you know, as we age and we want to stay at home more, there's things that can become hazards that uh, may not initially have been that. And uh, we're going to have two experts to discuss this topic, but we're going to start off with Rachel Blackwood. She's a physical therapist and certified aging in place specialist and the co-owner of Designing Independence. Rachel, thank you so much for joining us this afternoon. Yes, thank you for having me. Well, I will tell you, some of my most favorite people in the world, Rachel, are physical therapists and occupational therapists for that matter. I love how you look at the world and really just see all the parts and pieces and how things fit together. So I am really happy to speak with you today really about, you know, how do we prepare to age in place? And so what are some of the things, if you don't mind, uh, for those listening uh, to help them understand, you know, some of the things that we really ought to be looking out for in the home if we're trying to help an aging loved one maintain their independence for as long as possible. Well, there's several things, and it's going to vary, of course, by individual needs. But one of the main thing is if you can just remove throw rugs and pick up clutter. We <laughs> see a lot of falls from people just tripping over clutter. And the other thing is having good lighting, especially at night, like when you're using the restroom to have a motion sensor nightlight so you're not stumbling around in the dark. And then we also look at things like, can, do you have access to your house uh, via a ramp? Do you have stairs? A lot of homes around Raleigh have stairs. Are you able to manage the stairs? Some people can manage stairs with a handrail and they do fine, but others need a ramp or a zero entry. So what about Muffy the dog and Socks the cat? I know those can be tripping hazards as well. (laughs) Yes, they are definitely. I have two cats and a dog myself, so I'm a pet person. But they are tripping hazards and something we need to be aware of. And when we're trying to prevent falls in the home, my fall modification, it's a building block process. You know, you might have one or two risk factors, and that's not too bad. But if you have seven or eight risk factors, then then that's something that we definitely need to address. I know one of the things when I used to do a lot of home visits for our aging loved ones uh, that I noticed, it really is, is the clutter such a huge issue. And if you start noticing mom and dad building a tower of books around their easy chair, and then they create a tower of boxes, and then there's a tower of, you know, you name it, pick it, uh, next to it, that they're sort of trying to make a path of things that they can hold onto that are rickety and unstable, that is definitely a sign, not necessarily that they have to leave their home, but that it's time to really try to look at other things that we can put in place to help them get from point A to point B safely. Yes, correct. Whether that be a walker or just cleaning out the clutter, um, that's definitely something that we need to address at that point. So I know another area that typically tends to be a very difficult space for um, aging loved ones is really that bathroom. And, you know, I I think about even, you know, in my own home, you know, the sort of the half bath downstairs and then, you know, all of the full baths upstairs. My goodness, if I really and and I am not, you know, I'm I'm a pretty tiny lady. uh, But if I were to need some assistance in the bathroom, it would be difficult for people to even assist me, um, you know, if I needed to be turned in position or, you know, somebody need to help seat me da- down onto the commode, that, that would be a difficult task. So what are some of the things that folks should be looking out for in the bathroom to make that safe? You know, home modifications run the gamut of like just picking up clutter to full-scale renovations. And I would say if you want to age in place, 
the bathroom is where you want to spend the money to expand if that's a possibility to add in a walk-in shower and just some space so a caregiver can assist you if that's needed in the future. Some people can't renovate or they don't want to, and we try to then address it with equipment. You know, most people need grab bars in their bathroom to be safe. If they have a tub, maybe we can come up with a tub bench for them to sit on, or even the transfer benches that go over the lip of the tub so you don't have to actually step over the bathtub. You sit on the bench and then bring your legs in. And then just removing anything out of the bathroom that's not needed so you can create the greatest amount of space possible. So, Rachel, talk to us a little bit about what the at-home assessment is like. Let's just say I was a family caregiver and I was starting to notice some of the things, you know, unexplained bruising or skin tears uh, on my on my loved one or really just noticing them having difficulty getting up from a, a rising position or perhaps even I'm um, the type of caregiver that really thinks in advance and I recently had a loved one that was diagnosed with ALS and I was just thinking about the future. Talk to us a little bit about what the assessment process is when you are trying to design someone's future independence? Well, what we do, and I'm glad you brought up things like ALS or other progressive diseases like Parkinson's and um, a whole host of neurological diseases, they tend to get, or they get worse with time. So when we do an assessment, I'm looking at a snapshot of where you are now. But as my background as a physical therapist and my business partner is an occupational therapist, we understand disease progression, so we have not a perfect crystal ball because obviously anything can happen. I mean, 2020 has taught us that, but we understand how diseases normally progress. And with someone with ALS, for example, they're probably going to be wheelchair bound at some point or Huntington's disease, sometimes Parkinson's. So as far as the assessment goes, we look at what are they able to do now and what are your priorities to fix now and what do you need to think about long term what do you need to think about six months down the road ten a year down the road a year and a half down the road and we come we come at home modifications from a a very medical standpoint so you know, kind of what, what does that look like when a family were to, was, if they were to call you into their home right now after hearing the show today, you know, what, what are the first steps? Well, we're doing virtual or in-person assessments depending on, on what people need and what they're comfortable with now. But they would contact me and usually I spend 15, 20 minutes getting a medical history from them, getting what their major concerns are. So I go in and kind of know what we need to address and then either Jane or I, Jane's my partner, um, will assess the actual home. We'll see how you move in the home. If you're having trouble getting on and off the toilet, then maybe we'll look at that transfer and how we can make it more smooth and we'll kind of go through the home piece by piece. You know, I start from the outside and And before I even ring the doorbell, I'm looking at, you know, is the sidewalk even? Is there enough lighting if you go out at night? You know, how is the entry to the home? And once you get an assessment, you get like a a report that's like, this is what I recommend fixing in your kitchen. And with the highlighted with the most important and most urgent needs. 
So that makes you know, sense. So you really help people prioritize. If there's only just, you know, this bucket of money, you really say, you know, if, if, if this is the amount of money you have, these following things are going to make the biggest difference for the independence of your loved one. Right, exactly. Excellent. That's a perspective that I think all of us could use because it's uh, not a mode of of looking and observing that we're used to. She is Rachel Blackwood. She is the uh, physical therapist and certified aging specialist and co-owner of Designing Independence. Rachel, is designingindependence.com the best place to go to find more information? Yes, that's um, you can contact us straight from the website. Excellent. Designingindependence.com. A quick break and back with more. We're going to discuss more about home modifications. We're going to get to what happens after you've made an assessment, and we're going to do that right after this. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF with Nicole Cleggett and Jason Kong. FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care, and you can always find more about Transitions Life Care online at transitionslifecare.com. Org. Jason Kong with Nicole Cleggett, and we're discussing home modifications. And uh, in our last segment, we went over uh, how to assess and uh, when it's time to call a professional and some things that uh, you may want to be on the lookout for as we continue to try and age in place. We want to stay in our homes as long as possible, but some things can become hazards over time. Well, okay, let's say we've made our assessments there. That's the time when we need to get in contact with Bill Ryan, who we have on the line and he is the president of American Mobility. Bill, thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, guys. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, so, you know, I think that was very helpful to kind of hear about what an assessment might be like. I think sometimes we get hesitant to invite people into our homes, especially as we get older, because we're worried about what somebody might see or we might be embarrassed that things aren't kept up the way they once were. And, you know, a lot of it's just a personal dignity and pride factor that really happens. But, you know, I think we, we all need to think about as human beings that sometimes we just need a little bit of help and that little bit of help can really give us what our ultimate goals are, which are, which for most people, that's to, to age in place and live out our lives in our, in our homes and our communities. And so, you know, bringing somebody like Rachel in from Designing Independence is so incredibly important to really help point out what some of the pitfalls might be that are going on in our homes. And then obviously pulling in a group like American Mobility afterwards to implement that plan. So talk to us a little bit about some of the most common types of home modifications that your organization makes. Okay. Um, We are very um, specific as far as like uh, power wheelchairs and wheel manual wheelchairs. Uh, when that plays into the uh, equation, a lot of folks need ramps to get in and out of their house. Uh, against a lot of a lot of houses are built on slabs, but a lot of houses also have like three or four steps to get into the house, uh, and then there's also a threshold uh, step there as well. So we've been doing a lot of uh, wooden ramps, a lot of modular ramps, a lot of threshold ramps. Uh, once in the house, again. Uh, Space is becoming tighter and tighter here, here in Raleigh, uh, with the the way homes are selling. 
there's still a lot of two-story houses around. Um, many of them have bathrooms up on the second floor, so we have done quite a few ele- uh, stair lifts as well, uh, implementing them. Uh, so the, those are kind of the big ones. We've also ventured into like uh, sometimes a ramp is not not the uh, best answer uh, if you got limited space. Um, for every inch rise, you're supposed to have either eight inches on a residential or a foot of ramp. Uh, so again, if you're talking like three steps, 24 feet of ramp is a lot of ramp. Uh, so we've been looking at uh, vertical platform lifts as well, which is something that can carry people or it can carry power wheelchairs up as well. Um, and then just other things like uh, Rachel was mentioning there, uh, lift chairs to help people just stand up and once they can get going, uh, safety bars. Uh, we don't we do not do any big, big stuff like uh, bathroom renovations. We kind of recommend different general contractors to do that. And uh, like Rachel says, a lot of times we're called in for a specific reason. Um, but again, we do the same thing. We kind of look around and make suggestions to the customer. And uh, as always, we're trying to be very conscious of the budget because a lot of folks are on fixed incomes. Yeah, definitely. And and I know that um, it comes to a great surprise to a lot of people uh, that a lot of these types of renovations and, and pieces of equipment are not something that is typically covered under their Medicare or Medicaid benefit. Is there anything that you've had success with for individuals if they have particular diagnoses to get some of this covered? Or is this typically hundred percent out of a person's private pocket um, usually that's out of their own pocket uh, what we've tried to do is we've tried to be again conscious like say for a stair lift there uh, you can we have like uh, we go with a company called Stana uh, they have they're basically leading edge as far as uh, if you look them up on their web they're probably like number one number two uh, we have a little less expensive one uh, that's got a pretty decent warranty and then we also try and grab any kind of used equipment that we think is still in good shape. Uh, so we kind of give people different pricing points. Um, as far as organizations out there, uh, Rachel had mentioned like, uh, like ALS. That is a very fast-moving disease. Uh, there is different clinics around here in Raleigh and down in Wilmington. Um, and again, a lot of times the insurance companies are looking to work with them as quickly as possible because they know it's a, a fast-moving disease. Uh, but they they um, they at least give them a, 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 I guess a lot of attention to try and make something happen quick for them, and the insurance companies understand that as well. Well, a lot and of I, times, if, go ahead. I was going to say, and I know a lot of people. You know, their their largest investment that they ever have had in their lives is their homes, and a lot mm-hmm. of people are. You know, they uh, for a lot of seniors, like you said, are on a fixed income, but chances yeah. are their entire mortgage has been paid off. And so I know that there are some products out there as well, financial products, let's just reverse mortgages or right. even, even home equity loans, things of that home nature. Home equity loans, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. That home people, equity, you're actually still paying yourself back the home mortgage, uh, home, reverse I mortgage. Guess home mortgages, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Reverse financing, that, that's, that's a, I mean, I, I kind of recommend stuff like that to people, but I don't encourage it. It's just kind of like talk to the experts and they'll tell you the pros and cons. Right, right. There, there are, but there are options. So I know that people, you know, when right. they hear this, they want to keep a loved one in, in their home. And it, it can be hard if, if, if it has to come out of pocket. So there are definitely other there, things that you can look into. Right. There, there's, there's other companies, a uh, company like Care, Care Credit. Uh, PayPal has like six months, no, no interest, uh, 
Uh, and then again, just different credit cards again, where you have six, uh, 12 months to 18 months, no interest. But again, you have to be very cognizant of the fact of what the rate will be when, when that interest period is up. So you want to make sure that within their budgets, they can, uh, they can, uh, kind of pay it down, I guess, before they get to the end there. Yeah, it's important to seek the advice of a professional and make sure that you're making the right financial moves when making a, a commitment like that. Uh, he is Bill Ryan. He is the president of American Mobility. You can find more information about them online at American-Mobility.com. American-Mobility.com. A quick break and back with more. You're listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. News, talk, traffic. This is Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. 60 minutes devoted to giving you all the information you need when caring for a loved one with Nicole Cleggett and Jason Kong. Welcome back to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. News, talk, Traffic. Jason Kong here with Nicole Cleggett. And Nicole, we can't go a whole show without talking about the Caregiver Summit, the virtual Caregiver Summit, which you can find more about online at caregiversummit.org. And uh, registration is uh, is just booming right now. So it's a, a great time for folks to go on and register for free. Oh my gosh, yes. We have over 600 families that have already registered for the virtual summit on October 22nd. So I guess the the saying goes, if you build it, they will come. We are beyond excited. And I am incredibly excited to have back with us again this year, one of our co-hosts for the uh, upcoming virtual summit, Lisa Levine with the Dementia Alliance of North Carolina. And she and I are going to tag team and, and hopefully give you all the information that you ever wanted to know about this upcoming event and maybe some you don't want to know, but we're going to tell you anyway. (laughs) Hey, Lisa. Hi, Nicole. Hi, Jason. Thanks for having me. So, yeah, Lisa, boy, we... um, you know, with sort of some of the history here, this is our 13th year running of the Caregiver Summit in our community, and it has grown from one very small, locally-based event to we've had years where we've done four gigantic, large in-person events. But obviously, with the COVID-19 pandemic, we had to reevaluate what we were going to do this year because we can't have groups of people that large together. We usually serve about 1,500 total attendees throughout the course of a year. And that's just not happening or in the cards for 2020. So, um, you know, one of our partners suggested, you know, are, are we selling the caregivers short? Do you think we should try doing a virtual conference? And, you know, all of us came together, the Alzheimer's Association, the Dementia Alliance of North Carolina, Transitions Life Care and Transitions Guiding Lights. And we came together with a resounding, yes, we need to try to do something to help families who are chronically caregiving during COVID, which makes it all the more isolating and all the more um, just restrictive from even being able to touch and feel resources and education. So Lisa, do you want to talk to us a little bit about some of the amazing content we're going to be offering this year? Well, sure, Nicole. It's, you know, you, you've said in the past that we've had up to four conferences, but because we're doing this all through the magic of technology, we can't. We will have more attendees this time than we've ever had at any of our sessions before, any of our summits before, and it's so exciting. We're going to have uh, 20 at least sessions 
right now, um, which we, this is the most we've ever had. And we have amazing speakers. So I'm so excited about this. We are still going to sort of have a, a format where sessions are an hour long and we will have four groupings of sessions, if you will. Um, but the great thing is once people register for free and access this, they'll have access to all of the sessions for an entire year. Um, and Nicole's gonna, done a great job of working with our speakers and getting them recorded so that we have, um, we've been able to bring what we haven't been able to bring in person uh, this year, which is, you know, it's a sessions. Um, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say, you know, one of the things that we had to come together is sort of hearing some of the back, backward, the backroom talk of, of the hosts is, you know, there will be some people that because this is a virtual event may not participate this year. And we, we are obviously sad for that, but we're, we're hoping that we'll, we'll still be able to get them to come along because we're trying to make this very, very easy for people to participate in. But, but there is a, probably a significantly large group of individuals who have never been able to attend an in-person event because of their caregiving responsibilities that will be able to attend this year because it is virtual. And to Lisa's point, you know, we what we ended up doing was we took four conferences worth of content and put it all together to create this one giant epic event. And would you mind just talking about some of the sessions that we're offering? Well, sure. We have back some of our um, most popular speakers. So we have for example, lawyers from Clarity Legal Group um, who are going to talk about all kinds of legal aspects of caregiving. We have um, a title, The Human Spirit, A Journey in Courage, Compassion, and Commitment. Um, who doesn't want to go to a session like that? We've got <laughs> several topics on dementia this year, uh, so we've been able to bring more of those. And we have kind of the things we always touch on because they're always changing. Medicare, um, caring for the caregiver. Uh, we have one this year on driving, which is so huge when you're a caregiver. And then things like what we should know when we're ready to sell our home and how to downsize and get ready for that process. And technology, um, oh my. <laughs> technology, right, for the caregiver. Which And this technology session is great because it's not only the high-tech stuff, but it's how to use day in and day out. Uh, materials that we might already have in our home as technology. We're also going to talk about medications, family dynamics, which has been huge during this COVID outbreak. Everybody is relearning their families and their roles. And we're also going to do some things to take care of ourselves. We're going to talk about um, balance. We're going to talk about, we're even going to do some dancing this time. How exciting is that? So, um, so many different topics and i um, really excited to bring this to everyone. Definitely. And, you know, one of the big considerations we had when we put on this event was the access to resources, right? So educational co content is huge. Families really want to attend these sessions. And oftentimes they're, they're sitting there trying to decide which one out of the grouping they want to go to. So great news is, is this year they can have the entire year to go through them all they want to. Um, so there will not, there will be no, you know, limitations in that. But 
you know, we've seen over the years, Lisa, and correct me if I'm wrong, but one of the things that I've noticed is that sometimes family caregivers choose to take one of the session times to not actually go to a session, but to actually talk to the exhibitors that are at the event to really learn about the different aspects of community-based care and long-term care and acute care and even what the disease organizations have to offer for their actual loved one. And so when we looked at putting together this virtual event, we really had to find a platform that would be able to house all of this, those exhibitors that are typically at our in-person events. And so we did, we did find that and we're able to do that. And we're going to have over 70 different, 70, 70 different resources there this year where folks will actually be able to attend their virtual booths and talk to the exhibitors if they want to via video chat or email them, call them, text them, read all about them. And then the really cool part is, is that this this platform is going to have a downloadable app on the Apple iTunes store, the Google Play store, and so that you will actually be carrying around in your pocket all of those resources with you for the entire year, and there is no cost. And, you know, typically we do charge for the Caregiver Summit. We charge a nominal fee, but we know that COVID-19 has really brought, brought a lot of financial um, issues for a lot of families in our communities, and so we wanted to remove the financial burden from everyone and, and make that possible for them to attend at no cost. And that would not at all be possible without the amazing support that we have had from our community. I will say, um, I, I'm speaking for myself here, but I'm sure Lisa agrees. I was completely overwhelmed with the resounding support we had from our pre-existing exhibitors and sponsors that were planning on being at our in-person events. They all transferred their dollars over to this virtual event. And we even picked up some amazing new sponsors, resources for seniors, and the North Carolina Family Caregiver Supports Program have come on as our underwriting sponsor. And then, of course, we have back again this year as presenting sponsors, Clarity Legal Group and AARP, and then Wisdom Senior Care, an in-home care-based company, has come on board as a presenting sponsor as well. So putting on these events is not without cost, and these organizations stepped forward and said, hey, we want this to happen for our community and made it so that we could provide this. You're so right, Nicole. And, you know, I don't think there's anywhere else in the triangle that you can put all of this information and have it right there in your pocket and have it right there accessible. And like you said, you know, some people don't come to this for the session. Some people come to this for the resources. And they know if they don't need the resource now, they're going to need that down the road. We've had so many of our caregivers attend and say, oh, my neighbor needed this, and I connected with them with someone I met at the summit. And, and I didn't know I would need this, but later on, you know, mom needed some changes in her home, and mm -hmm. I was able to help her find those. So um, it's an amazing, amazing experience, and I'm so excited that we're able to do this for our caregivers, you know, many of whom are struggling right now through COVID. There's a lot of added stress, and we're able to take that away, um, at least for this summit with these resources and this education. It really is impressive what you all have been able to uh, uh plan here in just a matter of months. I mean, obviously, uh, five or six months ago, we weren't thinking about this. This wasn't on, on the radar, but it is uh, truly spectacular. And you can go online to caregiversummit.org. This is taking place Thursday, October 22nd. As we've said, it's free to register. Go to caregiversummit.org.
org. Lisa, thank you as always for joining us. She is Lisa Levine, Director of Education with Dementia Alliance of North Carolina. Lisa, we, we look forward to the, the point when we can have you back here in the studio. We, we miss seeing you. Missing you both. Thank you so much for doing this. We appreciate it. Thanks, Lisa. Thank you. We are out of time for today. We hope you will join us again next Saturday at 4 o'clock for Aging Matters. Care and comfort that surrounds you, a service of Transitions Life Care. It's your life, your care on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF News Talk Traffic. Have a great weekend. You've been listening to Aging Matters, care and comfort that surrounds you on FM 98.5 AM 680 WPTF. For more information, log on to transitionslifecare.org.